Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic themed coffees available at www. Dot .grimbeancoffee.com forward slash redboxmedia. Experience coffee like never before. By definition, a storyteller conveys events and words, images and sounds, often by improvisation or embellishment. The Living Bread Radio Network presents The Storytellers with Tony Agnesi. Today, you'll hear a faith-based, inspirational story that's both heartfelt and heartwarming. And now, let's meet today's storyteller with Tony Agnesi. Hi, this is Tony Agnesi, and welcome to this edition of The Storytellers. Each week, we feature a guest with a unique and inspiring story to tell. The Storytellers is brought to you in part by CatholicBook.net. And all of the books featured on the program are available at catholicbook.net as well as wherever good Catholic books are sold. Uh, the program can also be heard via podcast at thestorytellersradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, and many, many more. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and MeWe at Tony Agnesi. My guest today is Michael St. Pierre. He's the executive director of the Campus Ministry Association. Michael has more than 20 years experience in parishes and schools and with nonprofit organizations. He's been a teacher and a campus minister and a department chair and a youth minister, dean of students and president of an organization. Michael's book is entitled The Five Habits of Prayerful People, a no excuse guide to strengthening your relationship with God. Michael, welcome to the story. Storytellers. Great to have you here. Thanks, Tony. Great to be here. Uh, you know, as I'm out speaking and doing speaking engagements, the one thing that people always say to me when I talk about prayer is, Tony, I just don't have time to pray. I'm sure you hear that as well, Michael. What's your response? All the time, absolutely. And uh, not only do I lead an organization, but I actually teach a, a class at a local Catholic college to diaconal candidates. Mm -hmm. uh, these are... Uh, you know, men of all different ages, and they're preparing for the diaconate. And even they say, I don't know if I have time for prayer. So it is super common. I guess where it comes from for a lot of us is this sense that I should pray in a particular way at a particular time for a particular uh, amount of time. And I think when we start to maybe pull the hood up and take a look at the engine underneath some of those beliefs, uh, the good news is, you know, most of the saints really believed that prayer was very simple, a very simple interchange between God and people, and uh, it doesn't require a perfect score on an SAT. It doesn't require, you know, a, a hefty 401k. Um, it's really just about having a, a heart for God and just being brave enough to turn towards Him in simple ways. Mm -hmm. uh, but yes, I hear it all the time, and I get it. 
I, I think we all suffer from uh, time famine. I guess that's the biggest uh, complaint most people have, trying to squeeze so many things into the day. And I think you're right that they assume that in order to pray, I've got to block out a certain period of time and I've got to you know kneel down on the side of the bed and, and, and devote a, a period of time to it. But it doesn't have to be that way at all, does it? doesn't have to be that way at all. I think some of it is just because we, we do formality really well in the Catholic tradition, and we have so many great resources in terms of litanies and novenas and devotions and formal prayers and famous saint prayers, you know, that I think sometimes it lulls us into thinking, I guess I have to do it that way. You know, I had a, a friend I mentioned in the book, a friend who had a, a deep devotion to St. Therese of Lisieux, the little flower. And Therese was a profound influence on her life, and she loved reading about her. And um, and years later, I said, so do you still have this devotion to St. Therese? And she said, I think St. Therese kind of messed me up. And I, I kind of chuckled, and I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, I love St. Therese so much that I thought I had to be exactly like her. Mm-hmm. And that kind of stunted my growth. And so it just it's not a knock on St. Therese or any devotion, anything. It's just mm-hmm. the sense that, We learn from the saints and the mystics and those who've gone before us, but ultimately God wants us to learn how to pray in our own way, and that's really unique to each one of us. Michael St. Pierre is my guest. The book is The Five Habits of Prayerful People. You know, um, you know, we hear, we read in the Bible that uh, we should pray continuously, and, and uh, most people have a little problem understanding that, but we should just include Jesus in our day-to-day and talk to him throughout the day. That in and of itself is a prayer, isn't it? It is a prayer, and I think you're right, Tony. Um, I, I talked to Robert Wicks, uh, who's written a number of books on prayers. I was getting ready to uh, finish this book, and he makes a distinction between prayers and prayerfulness, and I think it's the latter that you're talking about, this idea that really every part of our day can be prayerful, even though we might not be um, speaking prayers. We can certainly make that morning offering and then conclude the day with a nice examine to look back over the day and see where we were present to God or not. And as you do that over and over, you build up what I call spiritual momentum. And it's this idea that um, willpower is really overrated when it comes to prayer. We need to build momentum, and that's when the habit of prayer kind of takes over when we don't feel like it. Because I don't know about you, but I don't feel like praying certain days. I don't want to get up out of bed, etc., Mm-hmm. That's why we need the habits and the routines to kind of carry us through. There's also this feeling, and I'll, I'll share, you know, as I uh, prayed the office, um, there were days I would pray the office and I would just come out filled with all of this rich uh, information that I had just consumed. There are other days that I prayed it and I can't remember a word I prayed or, you know, a word that I read. Um, that's not uncommon, is it? No, it's not uncommon at all. Um I think it's Father Ron Rollheiser. He has a wonderful book on prayer called Prayer, Deepest Longing. And he talks about not so much the office, but um, daily Mass. And he says something similar. He says the liturgy carries us almost like percussion underneath a song. Um, and we need those habits, the office, the, the uh, litany of, of, of whatever you know it might be, or simply going to daily Mass. We need the, I mean, I, I love the Angelus. So for me, that's the daily, one of the daily routines that kind of carries me through, and I totally relate to you. I I don't, uh, on any given day, remember exactly what I'm taking out of the Angelus or, um, you know, have a profound insight on the Incarnation, 
But I know that just showing up is more than half the battle, and that's, I think, good news for a lot of us. Mm. And as you were saying, that showing up is how we build this persistence and and, and continue um, uh, on, on that journey. And uh, <clears throat> some days are just, you know, better better than others. Um I, uh, I, you know, people always ask about, you know, prayer life, and I always uh, tell them, and I, I found this to be kind of uh, revealing to me that I'm exactly one chapel of the Divine Mercy away from church in the morning, and I'm exactly one rosary away from work. So, um, and uh, rather than sit in the car and um, and listen to the radio, which is what we all normally do, uh, I can I can pray uh, uh, a rosary. And the interesting thing about it is that uh, when I do that, I always seem to have a better day. Now I, I don't know if it's just me or on the way home. If I if I'm prayerful in the car, I always go home with uh, less of uh, the burdens of work on my shoulders and and so forth. So it, it it's therapeutic in a sense too to to do that and. And when people say, I don't have time, well, you know, I just found, you know, 20 or 30 minutes right there. There are little pockets, I think, in each of our days that um, if we just turn off the noise, whether it's our radio or our podcast or YouTube, whatever it might be, um, God's right there. And he's there with us throughout every day. And sometimes we just need to shut up and kind of recognize, oh, my gosh, you were here this whole time. I talked about, the, you know, one of the habits is the habit of presence and just focusing and being with the Lord. And I think that you're, you've discovered one of the secrets of this is that presence is um, more accessible than ever before, and yet much more elusive than ever before, because we have smartphones and we have iPads and tablets and the whole thing. Um, and there are probably for all of us, I would think, Tony, little pockets in every day that if we just take a breath and just pause for a moment, that that's an opportunity to be present to the God who's already been present to us during our commute, when we're walking our dog. I mean, I certainly recommend that people have a, a quiet time and alone time, just one-on-one with God. But there are so many other times in the day that I think complement that. Um, and again, you know, you sort of see the, the, um, the through line here. The good news is that the person doesn't necessarily have to alter the course of their day, there are already opportunities to be more fully present to God during their day. The book is The Five Habits of Prayerful People. Mike St. Pierre is my guest, and uh, we're talking about, uh, you, you know, building your prayer life and, and having a prayer life. And you mentioned presence, and presence is a word that I've always, you know, when, when I talk to people as well, when I'm doing talks, that so many people are, are depressed or living in the past or anxious about the future, anxious about their job, anxious about their kids, anxious about, the, you know, the things in life that they rarely can focus on now. And that's where we need to be to have our best prayer opportunity is, is to be present to the Lord. Um, do you have any hints on how to kind of block out those anxious moments or those uh, where we're worried about the, the future or dwelling on the past and kind of get into a mode where we're, we're with ourselves in the present moment and, and are able to communicate better in prayer? No question. Yeah, I think a lot of it's about rhythm and routine, you know. So for, for one example, you know, our, our tradition has this awesome um, ritual and routine of a weekly Sabbath. And I believe that that is, um, you know, it is a commandment that a lot of us are not very good at observing, if we're honest. You know, uh, probably a lot of your listeners, they, 
maybe they haven't committed certain other commandments uh, or violated them, but I bet, uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot of us have violated that commandment of honoring the Sabbath. So I think that that's a place where people can start. You know, can they take their Sunday and make it look and feel different? Can they design it so that it really is restful, so that it's perhaps a little bit more analog and a little less digital, a little bit more with people, a little bit more with nature, a little bit more of a slower pace than the rest of the week. So that's that's a place you can start. And I, I fought that for years, and then um, I would say only in the last like five years have I honestly been faithful to that. And it makes a huge difference in the rest of the week, because then I'm not constantly stressing and worrying during the week, because I know on Sunday I can rest. Um, so I think that's, that's you know, on the week schedule, that's something you do. On the daily schedule, having some kind of consistent, quiet time with the Lord is really powerful. You know, it could be as simple as uh, 10 minutes before everybody else wakes up in the house. It could be uh, with a cup of coffee in your hand in a quiet spot wherever you live. You're looking at the daily mass readings. Maybe you're jotting a few thoughts in a journal. Whatever it looks like, um, it should just be something that feels really good to you and has some connection to the tradition of, of our church and of our faith. And then you do it over and over and over again. And eventually what that does is it gives you, like you're saying, a, a kind of an antidote for some of the stresses of life. It gives us a place to park and, and some of those stresses and wrestle with them, with God, um, and talk to God about some of those stresses. And that's a much better way to do it rather than carrying that stress all throughout the day. I mean, mm -hmm. if I could just journal about the stress I have, I can get that out of my head and give it over to the Lord and not have to drag it around with me throughout the day. Great point. That's a great point. You, you mentioned, you know, the Sabbath. And, and I'm old enough to remember a time when, you know, businesses were closed on Sunday where you pretty much went to, you know, went to Mass in the morning and spent the day with family. And there was a lot of, uh, of time for that and leisure time in that. And that seems to have been taken away from us over the course of time. Sunday's just another work day, just another uh, uh, shopping day, um, and so many things have changed in that sense that we've kind of lost uh, lost that sense of the day of rest. Um, you, you mentioned we, we need to be more analog than digital, and for some of our older listeners, I think, that make that point is that, you know, uh, we're so attached to... <clears throat> And so connected by our smartphones and so forth that uh, just just putting them down, you know, when I get home from work, I, I, I set it on the kitchen counter and plug it in and I try to forget about it the rest of the evening and and not have that uh, that, you know, always being anchored to that smartphone. Do you find that to be a, a problematic for most people, especially younger people, since I know you spend a lot of time with younger folks? No question. Yeah, I would say it's an addiction. You know, I mean, and I really mean that a full blown addiction that most of us, if we're honest, we have to our smartphones. And you see it when I saw I saw it this morning. I was walking my son out to the bus stop, and I saw somebody. They had just pulled out of their driveway, and they were driving and turning in an automobile, and their phone is out. And you know, I mean, we're we're really addicted to it, mm -hmm. and um, it's a wonderful tool in that it gives us a chance to connect with other people. I know for me, I journal on my iPad, I look at the daily mass readings on my iPhone. What a great gift that is. The problem is, if we don't ever hit the pause button or turn it off uh, or just charge it and walk away, if we don't do those things, 
then it starts to become like that dopamine hit that we just get addicted to, to the point when we're at Sunday Mass and we are having withdrawal, you know, and we're just feeling, gosh, this is so boring. I'd rather be on Twitter. Mm. That's when you know it's a real problem. And that's why these habits are so important because we have to kind of uh, build up a defense against those dopamine hits, if you will, those addictive behaviors that can come from smartphone use. Um, and the only way you can do that is by using it less. And I think what the good thing is over time, you realize, you know what? Twitter's interesting. It's not nearly as interesting as the Word of God, you know? And mm-hmm. Facebook is kind of a nice way to connect, but it doesn't even compare to a real face-to-face conversation with a real human being. So it's, it's a little bit of kind of um, uh, retraining our brains, if you will, but the, the, the end result is a much richer human experience. Michael St. Pierre is my guest. The Five Habits of Prayerful People is the book. It's published by Ave Maria Press, a no-excuse guide to strengthening your relationship with God. And when we return, Michael, we're going to get into these five habits. We want to hear more about them when we return on The Storytellers. CatholicBook.net is your source for all things Catholic. With a large selection of unique items, we are here to serve the Lord by serving you. Visit our local shop in Canton at St. Raphael Books and Gifts, 4365 Fulton Drive Northwest. We are your source for all things Catholic. CatholicBook.net, for 30 years, a commitment to service. Welcome back to The Storytellers. This is Tony Agnesi. My guest is author Michael St. Pierre. His book, Five Habits of Prayerful People, a no-excuse guide to strengthening your relationship with God. You know, right before the break, uh, Michael, we were talking about uh, smartphones and so forth, and it's it's maybe been the last year I'm seeing a lot more smartphones popping up at church, Uh, people uh, following along the daily mass readings, uh, uh, you know, as, as they're being read from the uh, from the pulpit on their phone but i've also noticed in the last couple of months not only are they do they have uh, the app open to the daily mass readings but they kind of sneak over and do a couple of text messages at the <laughs> same time so i'm not sure if that's a positive or negative yeah i think it could be good for those with accessibility issues you know um as i'm getting older i'm 45 I find I've got to hold that sucker up a little closer to my <laughs> eyes, you know. Um, but I, I just don't have the self-control to avoid the text message that comes in or the email. So I can't do that. I, I applaud those who do have that discipline, but I don't. Um, but I could see an exception for those perhaps with some accessibility yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit, of, uh, zero in on the book here. You mentioned we were talking about the the book is entitled The Five Habits of Prayerful People. You mentioned one of them, and it's being present, that presence to the Lord. Let's talk about a couple of these other uh, 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 habits that once you've begun a prayer life, what are some of the, the things that you notice that prayerful people do? Well, what I think what a lot of us can relate to is the fire can go out pretty quickly. You know, you go on a retreat, you come back, you're really fired up. It's that mountain experience. You feel so close to God, and you just feel like you can take over the world. 
And within 48 hours, <laughs> it's as if it didn't happen, you know, or you hear just the most inspiring, uplifting homily at Sunday Mass. And within 20 minutes, you've totally forgotten what you just heard. So I think the first habit is what I call the habit of passion and pursuit. And it answers a question as, as every one of the habits answers a question. And the habit for this first, uh, the question this first habit answers, passion and pursuit, is how do I keep the fire going? You know, how do I make sure that God can continue to fill me up when I am really exhausted and stressed and my schedule is full? Mm-hmm. So this habit is really this this um, this rich, this ritual and routine of being present to God through daily prayer, so that God can t- can continue to light my fire. Um, and it is not an easy habit because it involves um, showing up. And it also involves a continual making of an act of faith. You know? mm-hmm. So I, I didn't understand this for, I would say, most of my life. You know, you, you always grow up as Catholic and you hear somebody say, you know, make a good act of faith, you know, or make a good act of penance, or whatever it might be. And I think as we get older, we realize I need to remind myself to ask God for more faith. And I know that God's love is just constantly pouring into my heart and into my life. But I'm the one, I'm the knucklehead that needs to be reminded that my heart needs to continue to be opened up. My mind, my way of thinking needs to continually be reformed and improved and augmented. And so this habit is really just that idea that, God, I am just going to continue to show up, continue to beg and ask and hope and expect your love to come into my life uh, so that you can continue to keep my fire alive. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's the first habit. It starts there. Mm-hmm. You know, this idea of a deep passion and, and a love, a personal relationship with Christ. That hot and cold thing you mentioned, too, I think, and I know I've gone through that uh, uh, over the years where you, uh, you know, as you say, you, something uh, fires you up and you're, and you're on fire again. And, and if you don't fuel that, if you don't continue to, uh, to pursue that, uh, it will uh, die out rel- relatively quickly. And so we have to continually remind ourselves and, and set that in place. No question. And, and I think, you know, one of the, the key underlying themes of the book is to be intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's wonderful to have an attitude of faithfulness, to have a mindset that says I'm a person of faith. But there's some work on our part that needs to be done. You know, I mean, it's good to, I recommend in the book, going, going away for an annual retreat. And if you can, getting away once a quarter just for an afternoon to be quiet alone with the Lord. But nobody's going to do that for you. You know, nobody is going to uh, call you up and say, hey, I think uh, we should just give you a free retreat, and why not, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be the one who's intentional about that. And so I, I talked about this habit of preparation and planning, and, and it answers the question, how do I keep intentional in terms of my relationship with God? How do I make sure that I'm doing what I can? And I think, you know, a lot of us, we are intentional about other areas of our lives, our finance, our home, our car. I mean, we all know we have to change the oil every 3,000 miles, but sometimes we ignore our relationship with God, and we, we think, gee, I don't really need to go on a retreat, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, just like a car, you know, the engine's going to get gunked up, and over time it's going to bite you in the rear end. If we're not doing some of these faith practices, these uh, habits in terms of our relationship with God— our spiritual life is going to get gunked up, too, and that's not so good. You know, it's a kind of interesting because I'm one of those people of, I can't get it done unless it's on my calendar. Mm. So I started actually putting prayer time on my calendar, putting Mass on my calendar, and just, you know, kind of 
having it uh, having it right there. Oh, I, I, and I look at my calendar when I'm putting together. Oh, it's an eight o'clock mass, and you know, uh, pray a chaplet on the way to work. It's it's right there on my calendar. And it, it may seem strange, but somehow or other, uh, being in business as long as I have, if it's on the calendar, I do it. It's it, it allows me to be persistent in my planning. You know, and 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 knowing what I've got coming up. I love that. I think that's a great example. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you put it right in the calendar. So we've got this presence and passion and pursuit and, and planning. And um, you talked a lot about just persisting, too. That That's one of the things that, you know, about the time that, uh, you know, I've done, uh, you know, done something and it just seems so rote and, and mm-hmm. so regular. That's the time when you really have to do something more to persevere, to get through. And, uh, and that's a tough one for me. Yeah, for a lot of us, that's the fourth habit, persistence and perseverance. And, um, you know, what many of the great saints, you know, talk about these periods of dryness or what they call spiritual aridity, which is just a fancy word for God, I am not feeling anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they say that Teresa of Avila, a great doctor of the church, she felt spiritually dry for 18 years of her life. Um, Trace of Musu, the little flower, also a doctor of the church, also a Carmelite. She talked about a period of 18 months that were just absolutely dreadful for her. You know, we could keep going on and on. Mother Teresa, famously, mm-hmm. you know, towards the end of her life, that had major doubts. So we're not alone in, in that regard. And I think what a lot of them show us, the path they give us, is if you continue to do the things that brought you to the mountain in the first place, um, you're pretty likely to get back there. And uh, so per- perseverance is very hard for us when it comes to prayer, because we don't, we don't feel things most of the time. And uh, I know John of the Cross, you know, he talks about if you're looking for uh, emotionality, if you're looking for these kind of mystical experiences when, you're, when you pray, he basically says, um, don't waste your time. Not because they don't matter, they do. It's just that it's more important to be there. And like a human relationship, you know, my wife and I are married 21 years what matters most is not so much about the fancy dinner, although she loves that, <laughs> mm-hmm. but just being there every day, the common kindnesses, getting her a glass of water before we go to bed at night, and just reaffirming through small things that I love her and that I'm so grateful to be in this relationship with her. I think there are some real parallels to our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. The smallest of things build closer and closer our relationship with God. And that really is ultimately about perseverance. That's that's a wonderful thought. Pondering is the last one, and there's another one where people have some difficulty. Yeah, pondering. Um, so there's some great resources online. So here's where we look at the good aspect of technology. Um, there's a, an app called Reimagining the Examine, and I believe it's by one of the Jesuit provinces. And it shows you how at the end of your day, you can take a look back through this particular app and kind of reflect on, gee, what went well? Where was I really present to God? Where was I not really present to God? Um, and we can also do that through writing in a journal. Um, some call it a diary. If you're a guy, give yourself permission to call it a journal. It's okay, guys. You know, uh, It's basically scientifically proven to, um, to help you just be able to build a, a, a spirit of gratitude every day. Uh, sometimes writing it out is very, very effective. And I talked about an annual retreat. If you have a schedule that you can actually take a day off a quarter, or an afternoon off a quarter, just get away. Go out all alone with your, your Bible and yourself out in nature. 
very, very powerful. And, and those kinds of deeper dives are what help us build the habit of pondering. Well, Michael, this has been terrific, and I've really enjoyed our time together. We're running out of time. Michael St. Pierre is my guest, The Five Habits of Prayerful People. It's available at catholicbook.net, and where all good Catholic books are sold. The No Excuses Guide to Strengthening Your Relationship with God. It's published by Ave Maria Press. And, uh, Michael, thank you so much for being with us today on The Storytellers. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. And that's our show for today. If you miss part of the program, the show will be available immediately after the show at thestorytellersradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts, including iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. And then later this week, it'll be available at the Catholic podcasting site, breadboxmedia.com. To find out more about my books or to inquire about booking me to speak at your parish or conference, you can go to my website at tonyagnesi.com. My thanks to Mike St. Pierre, author of the book, The Five Habits of Prayerful People, for joining us. This is Tony Agnesi, inviting you to join me again the next time for the next edition of The Storytellers. God bless. enjoyed today's edition of The Storytellers with Tony Agnesi, a production of the Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio. To learn more about today's storyteller, go to thestorytellersradio.com. There you can subscribe to the podcast and hear all of our past shows. And join us again next week at this same time for The Storytellers with Tony Agnesi. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... It's so much more than just a profile picture. At Catholic Singles, our platform offers you many opportunities to get to know the person behind the picture. Sign up today at catholicsingles.com. Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough Vehicle at caneford.com.